0: Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen.
2: Inside Sources. How is it that millions of people can't get healthcare in the most prosperous country in the world? Henry Iring asks that question and believes there are some bipartisan solutions that lawmakers from across the spectrum, both sides of the aisle, can actually agree on that could, could fix our healthcare system. Henry Iring teaches at Utah State University and the London School of Economics and joins us on the line now to help us break it all down. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me, Boyd. So let's get into this. Uh, obviously, it's uh, an area. It's one of those areas like taxes. It's something that can unite uh, people from across the spectrum. And that is the outrageous uh, costs that we have to deal with uh, with he- health care. Give us just a, a little bit of where are we in terms of our health care costs in the United States? And then we'll get to some of those solutions.
1: Absolutely, it can be really hard to understand what's happening in healthcare costs, and it's purposely that way. Uh, You know, the um, people who are who want healthcare costs to rise, or who at least don't want to have to rein them in, um, try to hide it in in the shape of premiums, in the shape of um, deductibles and copays, and uh, so I mean, I think that a really simple way of understanding what's going on is just that healthcare has consistently risen in price at about two or three times the rate of overall inflation. Mm. Uh, if you look at, you know, individuals and how they're able to or not able to keep up with that, um, even just over the past 10 years. So it's not like it's always expensive and we just need to get used to that. It's getting more expensive. So over the past 10 years, healthcare deductibles have risen at eight times the rate of wages. Wow. Um, and so, you know, for somebody like me who wasn't, you know, didn't uh, high school 10 years ago. Uh, it's just a, a bizarre kind of situation where I then get slapped in the face, uh, with eight, you know, uh, deductibles there eight times, uh, the rate of wages uh, growing over to that same period, but then don't even realize that that's not normal. So that's right. the other thing is the rising generation doesn't realize that, that this isn't, or at least like this
2: is getting much worse. Yeah. Uh, so important. And I, I do think, uh, some of these things that you have pointed out in terms of ways that we could get going on this uh, in in a bipartisan way, these are things that I know people agree on. And I, I want to start with uh, this idea of price transparency for patients. I think that's something that everybody gets frustrated frustrated with because nobody knows what anything actually costs. It depends on which hospital you go to at which time and even if it's the exact same treatment, uh, it's really out there. I know there are, are groups out there like GlassFrog and some others that are, are trying to create some transparency. What else do we need to do to get transparency, and how will that impact cost?
1: Absolutely. Uh, I think that that's the number one uh, solution, is to empower consumers to make their health care decisions in a way that takes into account their finances. Um, and so, uh, you know, we just like you can't buy a bottled drink or a packaged food without knowing the calories and the ingredients. I don't think that it's really ethical for uh, healthcare providers to have you walk blindly into a 10 or 20 or hundred thousand dollar purchase without telling you what that's going to be and without an ability to compare that. And so I think, and I've talked with executives at several healthcare systems um, that I've worked with and one of them said, you know, we want, make this transparent for consumers. We we don't feel good about uh, charging them what we do without them being able to see if they can get a better deal. But uh, our hands are tied. When we try to move toward transparency, uh, medical device supply companies, pharmaceuticals, um, the entrenched players, lobbyists uh, threaten us. And so in the at the end of the day, it's a legislative solution. And I think you could say the same thing about a lot of consumer protections that we have. Uh, You know, disclosure for publicly traded companies, uh, you know, the way that you can check for allergens in food. Mm. And you should also be able to check uh, whether something's going to bankrupt you and if you could get it down the street uh, for a cost
2: that wouldn't. And and so I think that that it's honestly, I think, just a legislative solution. Yeah. And so much of that transparency, it it really does come under the wealthy and the well-connected, keeping things very complicated uh, and very difficult to navigate. And that always uh, makes it so it's impossible to get the transparency and do what's actually best for the consumers. I wanted to jump to another one that uh, I think the legislative branch could fix very quickly. And obviously, we've learned during the course of the pandemic that telehealth uh, works and can be very effective. Uh, but it's uh, getting rid of some of those uh, longtime laws uh, that have uh, state lines as the border of uh, how you can uh, actually get your medical care.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there are a lot of ways in which um, both for education and for healthcare care and for other industries that are protected from, uh, from competition, that there's technology that is out there and should have been picked up. You know, electronic health records, for example, um, only 30 percent of doctors are able to even import an electronic health record when a patient switches to them. So that's a natural barrier to switching doctors. Um, They have to start from square one. That comes with costs. It comes with poorer care. Uh, Like you said, telehealth, You know, people have to take time off of work. You can't get the same reimbursement as a doctor for many services if you provide them over the phone versus uh, providing them in the office. And so sometimes you'll get asked to come in and see a doctor and visit the doctor to have your test results read to you. And you know why? Why did they make you leave work and get babysitting and things like that? Um, it's it's about reimbursement, and uh, and the way that that's reimbursed is is a way that uh, you know again has to do with um, Medicare coding. Uh, everything cues off of Medicare codes, so I, I really didn't want it to be a legislative solution when I got into this area. I've worked with Kaiser Permanente, Stanford Healthcare, Cleveland Clinic, University of Utah Health Care. Chief among those is being innovative. Right. Um, but. Uh, But at the end of the day, we just need some guardrails of a fair functioning market. Uh, And and I think that that's what um, I mean, just to kind of pick up the thread that you've been going on for this past hour or two. We need common ground, reasonable results that aren't going to um, start a Twitter war, but that are going to make everybody's lives better. Uh, and I don't know exactly how I, I, I'm i fighting for that. And I think that a platform, the platform you're giving to that is hugely important. I think at the end of the day, it just comes down to people trying to do what they think is right. And, and Utah is a place that knows how to do that.
2: Yeah. And so much of that can be done uh, starting at that state level and again, becoming a good model for the, the nation. Uh, a great piece. Henry Eyring teaches at Utah State University and the London School of Economics. Great piece on Deseret.com talking about. Ten things that we could do to really change the game in terms of cost and health care Henry thanks so much for joining us today Thank you boy appreciate it we're gonna step aside for bottom of the hour news when we come back we'll pick up the uh, debate dealing with lawmakers budget debt ceiling a lot's coming a lot more to come stay with us on KSL news radio we'll be right back a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon.